Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Why were you holding your breath? I was about to start. I was waiting for the lull. And oh. I was just going to give it a big... Oh, okay. Hello and welcome to another Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. aggressive. I know it was. I felt like we really was... blown it out of the water today because I don't think we've done one of those in a while because Alex still has me self-conscious about it. It just felt vaguely threatening is how well, I felt. It's how I wanted you to feel. <laughs> That's, that's, how I the, want Cal- that's the California mentality coming through for Tim there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Alex, um, I know that you have been hit by a metaphorical van today. Tell us after your second shot, how do you feel? Are you struggling yet? No, guys, I feel I feel okay. Um, I just, I frankly don't really want to do this today, but it's okay. I'm excited to do oh, this today I, because. <laughs> We have a guest on who James and I have discussed before on the show. We both have a huge amount of respect for. He is um, already outperforming, I think, everyone's expectations and doing a really good job. Oh, thanks, okay. guys. We're talking about me, right? Well, sure no. not. Oh. You, didn't, you didn't get that at the huge amount of respect for? I mean, a man can dream. Right. <laughs> you probably so, shouldn't know because it's so, not going to work so out. So this this person um is rookie in IndyCar. He is a very good eye racer. And I think that's about it. He's a <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. That's his whole thing. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to not sure he's going to amount to anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's, you know, Alex and I, well, I mean, I think we both knew about him well before we got the opportunity to go. I mean, we're talking about Scott McLaughlin. I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a secret, but I think we both had heard about him long before we got the opportunity to go, you know, down under to Australia and, and do the Bathurst 1000 and race against him. I say race against him. That's a very generous term for us. Uh-uh. We were yeah. there on track while he was racing with the other competitors. And we did our absolute best to stay out of the way. I was going to yeah, say, you guys really like a movable chicane. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Uh, Great looking car. Great looking chicane. Um, But yeah, yeah, the car looked great. I think the the paint scheme alone was about two tenths. We needed it to be like three seconds, but you know that's neither here nor there. Only on on that one (laughs) section that's super important. Right from the start line to finish line. (laughs) Other than that, we were we were right on pace in pit lane. We were bang on sixty kilometers an hour. We were pretty good from the last corner to the first corner. From from. I think we were actually okay. We were from, actually okay from the chicane to turn three. From the chicane to turn, yeah, well, through three we were good. So to turn four to the the cutting, yeah. I believe it's called. Up to that turn point, four. we were so all right. So next year, who cutting, do you guys have to petition to make that be the whole race? 
uh, a paving company because they would have to very aggressively <laughs> adjust the uh, adjust the track. But no, so and Scott. Somehow, somehow I feel like we would still be last. We would still probably be <laughs> at the back there. Yeah. Uh, but Scott came over, um, and you know we'll hear the story of how and why. But his his rise to success and uh, and just his general pace in the IndyCar series has been pretty phenomenal. I mean, Alex and I, you know. Alex has touched on it briefly in the, in the interview, but you know, we watched with uh, enthusiasm and terror, his first test at Sebring because it was shortly after we got back from Bathurst and knowing how hard it was to go from our cars to his cars. We're like, Oh, this, this could be a really tough day for him. And then we were like, yeah, but what if it's not? And it wasn't, <laughs> it was great. And then he went to the Coda open test at the start of 2020 and was like P3. So, you know, we're like, oh, like Sebring's only got like five corners. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to get up to speed there. But Coda, I mean, that's got like 27 corners. That's going to be really tough. And then he was third. And But, but I mean, he, he only second. had a half play. So, no, he was yeah. Third. yeah. What's that? Um, no, no. Yes, I was second. But, yeah. but the real reason that we brought him on the podcast, aside from his obvious talent and the fact that he's it's a really humility. Nice yeah, is um, he listens to our podcast, so which is just objectively weird. It's 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 actually the the biggest black mark on his record currently. Is that, <laughs> yeah, he's a regular <laughs> listener to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi, but uh, other than that, pretty stand up guy, hell of a race car driver. And if you don't already know him and love him, I'm sure you will by the end of this little chat. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, guys. So, uh, as promised, um, we are... Getting joined by someone who uh, quite easily made fools of James and I um, when we had our little 
I mean, he wasn't the only one. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> we had our little adventure um, down in Australia and went and did Bathurst and our V8 supercar debut. Um, we were witness firsthand to the uh, legend that has become Scott McLaughlin. And he has now joined us in the States in IndyCar and has taken to it annoyingly well, especially the oval Frustratingly part of Frustratingly well. <laughs> yes, it's very upsetting. I, and, and I have a story about this that, that we'll get to in the interview. But let's uh, let's welcome Scott McLaughlin, everyone. Thanks G'day. for coming, man. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate uh, you. Thanks, guys. I actually first started. That's funny. The, the legend of the off track with Finch and Rossi. I first started listening to it. I'm like, I wonder what these blokes are saying about Bathurst. So I tuned into it. It was a good show. So I've listened since then. So I'm a, a long time listener, first time caller. So <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the best because this cool. is the first guest we've had that's actually listened to the show before. <laughs> I thought last week was very good. So I reached out and said, Yeah, well done, boys. Good job. And then I didn't think I'd get a bloody Guernsey to come and start, start the show. So no, I'm pretty Not stoked. only. Are you the first guest that's listened to the show? I think you're the first of our peers to listen to the show as well. Oh, 100%. And it's really, it's really good. James and I messaged each other after you you reached out to us, and it was like, good thing we haven't talked about Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. That's probably it's, it's a good yeah. thing he's just killing it in every way. We have literally nothing bad to say because yeah. just I mean, before St. Pete last year, oh, this guy's gonna suck. He's gonna be terrible. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Well, <laughs> which I, which I did. Which I did. <laughs> well, no, well, no because, man. So I mean, you bring that up, and and we want to ask you some questions. But so here's the thing. So. James and I, after after Bathurst and after we 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 struggled through what was probably one of the most awesome weekends of our uh, professional racing careers, um, we we found out that you were getting the the IndyCar test at Sebring, and both of us were kind of messaging and we were like, yeah, man, like you know that's that's a tough ask, you know, going to to Sebring of all places, first time at IndyCar, blah blah, blah. Um, you know, all of the adjustments. How annoyed are you going to be when he's like? on the pace because that's just going to make it <laughs> so average after having been in the opposite scenario and like <laughs> the bed so hard like it, it, we were just like oh this is going to look so bad on us if he goes uh, and he's instantly quick so have you guys that, seen that that tweet that always goes around it's like the olympics should have a regular person in every event so you see how good the athletes were that no, was you two in bathurst Correct. <laughs> Thanks, hey, you bro. guys did pretty good. Your equipment wasn't too good, uh, to be honest, if I was to say it the least. But I'm very happy to think that you got on to know now that you guys thought that was pretty cool because Bathurst is one of a kind, and I'm I'm pretty excited to have a go at this Indy 500. It's going to be a lot of fun as well. If I'm going to qualify I mean, first, obviously. I was, I was going. <laughs> that's what I was going to bring up. I mean, obviously, you know, we got to sample the kind of Super Bowl of the of the supercar world and go to the Bathurst 1000 and. It's, a, it's one of those bucket list races for, I think, any driver of, of anything on four wheels. Uh, mm. How excited are you to now, now you've got your first oval weekend under your belt, which we'll talk about in a sec, but just skipping forward a little bit, how excited are you to experience your first 500? Oh, man, I, I can't wait. My bus just arrived yesterday, so I got a photo of that, and I was pretty excited and did the, the, the generic sort of pagoda shot in the background, which was pretty, I feel like everyone does on their first trip, but it's... Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's not going to be, and I've spoken to you about this, James, a couple of times, but it's not going to be exactly the same as what you guys have experienced in the past. But at the same time, it's pretty cool to have a bit of a warm up to what is going to be probably the world's, it is going to be the world's biggest sporting event uh, since the pandemic started. And, and to see that many people and to be a part of the festivities and stuff and get a little bit of a warm up for what's ahead in my future years, hopefully, if I go, okay, 
um you know it's it's uh it's pretty exciting i'm, I'm you know i've dreamt about racing this i've watched this race for geez i think when scott won his first one in like 2008 way back in the day like we really took notice of it i remember watching that at home and it's like a pretty good time zone for us right in the morning and ever since then i've, I've sort of like carried it on and then obviously indycar become a dream of mine so it's i mean talk us through that like how old were you when when scott when when you have this memory oh 2008 so that was uh i was 16 15 15. so at this point was your goal to be uh, a v8 driver was it to be a race car driver in whatever category or or did you have the interest of of coming to america and and racing indycar i always was brought up my family loved america my dad loves american muscle cars loves that whole scene um grew up sort of watching a little bit of nascar with a bit of indycar and then obviously scott dixon put it all on the map for us in new zealand um, but then, yeah, for me, it was just trying to make this hobby a profession, which thankfully it turned out to be, um, and supercars. And then, you know, once I joined sort of Penske in end of 2016, start of 2017, it was a, an opportunity to, well, maybe I could fulfill my dreams of potentially going elsewhere. And instead of being a big fish in a small pond, trying to go across to the United States and racing in the big leagues, you know, with the, the best drivers and, and, um, you know, challenge myself and, and, um, you know, Penske allowed that to happen and and obviously i can't thank roger enough for that so So then you know you obviously made it to the oh sorry oh go james quite fine so you You you, you made it to the top (laughs) yeah this is my my delayed verizon over there mate it's Um, a verizon (laughs) (laughs) nobody you can hook me up with (laughs) little plug no worries uh so uh so you you made it to the top of you know the the biggest motorsport series in you know in that part of the world but a lot of drivers from you know australia new zealand they they still want to pursue the open wheel career right from the get-go and and at a certain age they go over to europe and, and maybe try to go the f1 route you obviously went into the you know, the touring car route was that like a conscious decision was that just an opportunity thing or did you ever you know, was there ever a point where you wanted to kind of start junior formula and and try that try your hand at that to be honest, my mum and dad were always really nervous of open wheelers. So, um, you know, we had the opportunity potentially to go to Europe or, you know, pursue my dreams over there. But, you know, I was massive. I loved uh, a guy named Greg Murphy. I, th- I don't know if you guys would have met him down under, but he's a big legend in the sport down there. And, and he was from New Zealand. And, and I grew up sort of idolizing him and obviously Scotty. And and um, I think my size, like honestly, I was, I was a bit bigger lad back then that I, I sort of – I thought, you know, I'm a bit more built for a touring car race and not so much a uh, uh, an open wheeler. And you know what it's like. You've got to be in Europe, you know, 16, yeah, sure. 17 early. And, and I had the opportunity actually to drive a supercar at 16. So basically all my plans of going anywhere else was really put on hold because I had this amazing opportunity to, to race a, 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 and be the youngest ever to race a supercar at 16 in the development series, which is effectively the Xfinity series um, down from supercars. So... That, that's where it all started in 2010 and, and, and sort of took off from there. Um, but I always had that want to maybe if I ever got the chance to, you know, come across, uh, I'd love to do America. I, initially, I thought, you know, Penske would be like, oh, no, you know, NASCAR, maybe the sports car route just because of what I've done, what, you know, the roof over my head, touring car spec. And then Tim Sindrick, he, he sort of said to me in mid sort of 2019, early 2019, he's, he's like, hey, um, do you want to, you know, maybe try IndyCar or at least have a test in one and see if you like that. I know you've always talked about NASCAR, but 
you know, there's, it could be a bit more of an opportunity your way. They race on road, more road courses, it's something like that. And my eyes lit up. I was like, all right, that's, I'd love that. You know, I, I think I didn't just didn't think you guys would ever consider me for it. And then, you know, stuff continued and, and did my simulator test, couple of simulator tests. And then, you know, obviously the Sebring test in 2020 and um, COVID hit, but we're finally here. That's, that's cool, man. Like that's uh that's the quintessential like dreams come true story. And, and it's really amazing to, to kind of hear obviously about how, you know, you took obviously the, the opportunity when it came at 16 as, as, as you should. And, and, but I mean, I think it, it goes without saying, and for people that maybe it, it should be said for the, for those that listen to the podcast, you didn't just have a relationship with Penske and, you know, drive supercars and then ask to drive, you know, in America. And they were like, yeah, cool. Like mm. you literally became the most successful V8 supercar driver ever <laughs> and set, you know, I don't know how many records, but a lot of them and, and basically went on to win. I think it was what, two championships in a row, three. Uh, yeah, did three, three in a row. Three, yeah, three yeah. in a row. So yeah. it was, it was a lot more of, of okay, yeah, this guy's pretty, pretty awesome. We should give him an opportunity to expand because he deserves it more than right. just it, oh, he's it, he's a it, New Zealander it's, with a dream. Type of thing. It's well, yeah, it's one I mean, of those things. He's the Scott like, Dixon of New Zealand, but Scott Dixon <laughs> is New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. close, yeah. very close. No, it was one of those <laughs> things where like your level of success for that team was was like. You can do whatever you, you want to try any car. Cool. You want to try NASCAR? Sure. Sports, whatever you want, Scott, you have earned it. So that's, it's <laughs> awesome. You really did get that. You know, you earned that shot. Well, we had, we, we had goals. That was the first thing Tim sort of said to me when I signed and Roger, it was like, Hey, you got, you deliver us some wins. You del- de- deliver us, you know, a championship and a Bathurst, you know, the, the, the conversations can start until then it was sort of fully focused on supercars and really it was fully focused on supercars until 2019 basically. And that was obviously my, uh, my second last year. And, um, you know, but that's when we had won a championship already, we're on to our second and, and it all sort of happened. But, uh, it's a very, as you guys know, very process structured team, very processed way they go about their business and they make sure that, you know, you're in the right, you know, state of mind, you're in the right, uh, you know, team, you know, I think they felt like IndyCar was a better fit for me. My lifestyle, you know, not racing every weekend is a difference as well. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different than NASCAR. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really happy where I am. Everyone's so nice in IndyCar. Everyone's, you know, I'm, you know, hanging out. It's, 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 but it's ferocious. It's so hard. It's, it's, it's everything that you want for a challenge. It's, uh, as you guys know, it's, it's amazing category. So is it weird for you to race, uh, you know, you talk about Scott Dixon being, you know, one of your idols growing up and mm-hmm. him being this amazing representation of, of the sport and, and the country of New Zealand and everything. What's it like now to, to compete against him other than very annoying? <laughs> yeah, I'm starting, to get the, I'm starting to get the annoying part. I really yeah. do because he always just shows up. We've talked about but, it a lot on the podcast. Yeah. If you've listened, yeah. you've heard us talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, he, he somehow just pops himself up there and he's always there, you mm-hmm. know, top five here or there taking points. But that's why he's so good. I I, I, I just, um, he's a, an amazing competitor. He's very fit. He's, he's, he's the whole package, you have to say. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing. I remember the first time I did that CODA test in 20, early 2020 and, you know, I pulled out in the pit box where where Penske was set up. It was Championship Auto, as you guys know, and Scott was right behind me. And I sort of, I was flipping out a little bit. I sort of didn't want to get in his way. And I was sort of, I was like, well, hang on. I'm racing this guy, so I should get in his way and I should be annoying. But like, you know, it took a little bit to get used to, you know, and 
it's definitely have got starstruck, but not so much anymore. Certainly when we're going for that race in, in Texas, like I really wanted to beat him, but you know, I, I thought second was good on the day. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, have, have you guys had any like funny interactions? Has it given you any, uh, any quirky advice or anything? Uh, no, not, not a huge, honestly, I haven't really like dealt with them too much. I think the COVID thing and everyone's sort of separated as you guys know, in the, in their pit yeah. lane, um, I sort of only see them either just before the race at the national anthem, walking to the car or I, you know, or it's, um, you know, sometimes passing by on our scooters. <laughs> so that's, a, yeah. that's about it. But, um, yeah, he's a, he always has time for me, which is cool. And I think it's nice having couple of Kiwis he's been on his lonesome for a while and Will Powers an Australian but Will Powers a bit weird as well so it's sort of like it doesn't really <laughs> transfer too much yes he is he is a uh, very unique creature that guy. he is he's yeah. a creature that's exactly yeah. right that's a great term for him. <laughs> I was gonna say we should we now we got to be worried in case Will's listening but there's no way he's listening. there's no zero percent he's probably looking 0%. he's in the telescope looking for UFOs or something <laughs> <laughs> Making sure that all the parts of that Chinese rocket have fallen and there's not still something up there that could land on his house. Yeah, yeah exactly. Although we, exactly. Were, we, were joking, uh, we were joking at the shop the other day that based on the luck that uh, we've had at Andretti Autosports so far this season, there is some errant piece still floating around up there and it's going <laughs> to strike us in pit lane during the GP, I'm convinced. Yeah, um, no, it'll wait for the 500. It'll wait for thank you. <laughs> this is why we as long as I, as long as I miss it, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> answer. Yeah. So is there is there anything? Obviously, whole new world, a lot of different experiences, very different structure. How the series works, how the racing is, et cetera, et cetera. But is there anything you miss right now about about supercars, about racing over there? Oh, probably. It's, it's probably the friendships and the bonds you create. Like my, my team, you know, we were very tight knit. I had the same guys from so 2016 all the way through. Um, but definitely miss, you know, miss that, that part of it. Um, but I've really created a new life here. You know, I'm, I'm loving it. My, my wife, Carly, she's from America. She loves it. Um, loves being back home. Uh, it's, it's a, it's been a really cool thing. And like I said, everyone's been pretty welcoming in the IndyCar series. You know, I, I was a bit, um, you know, didn't really know how it was going to be, but everyone's been really like open with you know, little things, especially my teammates, but little things like what airports to fly into and, you know, who do I talk to about changing the box on my bus or whatever, you know, like, yeah. like but uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, why I think I got onto him for the motorhome. He's been awesome and, and, uh, and hooking everything up and it's just been nice. It's been good. It's right around season two. Everybody becomes an yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, we're we're going. We're obviously in the month of May. Uh, the 500 is coming up. We've, I, I want to ask you a couple of things about that. But talk us through uh, Texas. So, Texas, your first oval race. Um, quite a, a unique oval at that. Um, as we've talked about on this podcast, it's a terrible oval. It's horrible, and they need to fix it. But no. So, <laughs> you finished second. Like that's pretty pretty stout so walk us through you know the first laps on the track and then actually you know taking the green flag and racing and, and did it meet your expectations was it easier harder what was it like no look it's um obviously missing practice and qualifying I, I generally felt like you know our qualifying speed could have been there or thereabouts i mean everyone probably thought that as well but i, I after the indie test and a few things i generally felt okay um but it is very unique but um the start of the race you know i was, I was actually with you obviously um I sort of uh, stuck around you and actually it was quite good to learn from an experienced bloke and, and understand the wash and 
the way that you were cutting off my dirty ear and, and you could sort of see you battling, but you were doing a good job at defending me in some ways and it sort of helped me for Sunday race and, and potentially in the 500 in the future was a way to understand a few things. But certainly very different, the corners one, two, obviously very different, the P, PJ1, the, the crap stuff up the top, that sucks, it's terrible. Um, and three, four is a you know, pretty easy flat corner. But um, trying to get a run and, and learning the timing of it, that that's the biggest thing for me right now. I, I'm struggling probably just, you know, on a road course when someone has a battle in front of you and, and, and you sort of, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in there. I'm going to come in there really hot and I'm going to catch up all this ground and I'm going to have a go at them, push the push the pass and try and pass on the next corner. Well, I tried to do that on Oval and I completely washed up and lost two two spots on Sunday, you know, and, and all that little stuff, it's 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 coming into my mind a bit, but it's, it's happening at a very fast pace. Um, but yeah, we, I think we both, uh, you know, that first stop, we got lucky, obviously not pitting under caution and we just missed Bourdais. Oh my God, I followed you through there. That was, that was pretty tight. Um, when he crashed down the bottom of two there and, and then eventually we had a pretty good in and out lap on our second stint and found myself up in the front pack and, um, it was just, you know, I was pretty excited to be up there, but I knew that we had a car that could potentially have a go at, at Scotty if he got caught up in traffic or, or whatever. And um, unfortunately, didn't have enough for him in the end. But I was stoked to stay right behind him the whole way and, and learn a ton. Yeah, I think this is it's it's kind of reminiscent. I want to say because you know, first podium coming at your first oval race was probably a little bit of a shock. That's probably not something mm-hmm. you would have predicted coming into the season. I feel like Robbie Wickens had the same thing. I think he got a podium at Phoenix which was the first oval race that year. Um, so, you know, definitely, definitely in good company there, but it's, it's always impressive to me when guys come into oval racing for the first time and can pick it up like that. Cause it is so, it's such a different skill set than driving on a road course. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm very lucky with the team I'm in, you know, I, as we all know, it's, it's, it's nice to come in and, and they sort of just trim you out slowly and, and you sort of feel the car as it slowly loses downforce and, and um, they don't sort of take too many steps um, that are crazy. And my, my engineer, Jonathan Duguid, who used to be on the sports car program, but he's now, you know, my engineer in IndyCar. He's worked with Alio and Ryan Briscoe and heaps of different drivers across the years and very experienced. And, and it's nice to have someone like that on your radio and, and talking about a lot of things. Um, but uh, that's certainly helped my progress. But, you know, as much as I know you guys don't like iRacing too much, but I genuinely felt, you know, having done some eye racing, like understanding just like little things like, you know, the, the racing side of thing, it was, you know, it's, it's kind of that, that I felt like that helped me a little bit um, just to understand the, the pack racing a bit more or how the wash yeah, works. Place, like yeah. That. Just stuff like that. It's nothing like, it's not exactly the same as you know, yeah. but it, it's, it's, it gave me a good sort of idea of, you know, a nice little warm up, I could say. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's still a huge amount I got to learn yet. Well, you have an entire week of practice next week coming up for the 500. Yeah. Uh, very different play. I mean, I was just thinking about it. It's sort of it's sort of a shame because with Texas the way it is now, Indy's kind of a one lane track. Gateway's mm. kind of a one lane track. You're not going to get the to sample like the cool high bank side by side racing that we get at places like Iowa or Old Texas or Kentucky mm. or whatever. So hopefully in the future, we're going to add some more of those kind of ovals because that stuff. I'd is- love to go to Fontana. Fontana would look fun as when you guys used to race there. That was cool. So don't listen to James about Iowa. You're not missing anything. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I've heard it. Awesome. Well, see, it was awesome. 
No. If yeah, you you're listening to Joseph. To Joseph. He's not sitting yeah. there talking Iowa. Exactly. Yeah, Joseph, he loves he loves Iowa, and then you talk to someone like Will or someone, it's probably not 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 that that great. But uh, no, it's terrible. Uh, I, I, would be I feel like they got the the roads from like a city in Iraq. Yeah. And they just use those <laughs> to make yeah, the race post war. Yeah. Post war. I think yeah. what's so cool about IndyCar though is it's it's so diverse. Like like you can like. The, to have the road and the street and the oval is what makes it so cool. And yeah. I think we need to have more of the ovals right. because it's that's what distinguishes us between us and Formula One, basically. And, no, you're, yeah, not, and you're not. You're not wrong. Scrooge McDuck safe of money. Yeah, that exactly, <laughs> and, and, a, and a mad Netflix uh, documentary. But um, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. I'd love to see more ovals as much as I got to learn. But yeah, I'd love to yeah. see more. Of them. No, and and I think you're 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 absolutely right. In, in saying that, and I think that, you know, I think it's a priority for IndyCar to, to make it happen. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's a lot of other factors. And I think in order for us to get oval racing back, um, we need to take a big step with, with the current aero kit formula mm-hmm. that we have in order to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, you're going to go back to these tracks and you're going to have these difficult shows and it's not going to do anyone any good. So, so did you prefer pack racing though back in the day? or like well, what's, So what's... there's a difference. I mean, I'll probably actually let James answer this because I'm, I'm one of the ones that was kind of after the pack race and the only kind of semi-pack race that I had was 2017 in Texas and I was very out of my depth and actually <laughs> crashed out and was okay with it. Because it was like, you know what? I didn't know what I was doing, anyways. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, it's it's I, funny, man. It's it's a tough. It, that's a tough question to answer because mm. from the outside, like you, you bring up Fontana, like Fontana was such a cool track because it was literally four lanes, and it was the only IndyCar track oval that I've ever been to or ever seen. Where like running up against the wall, like you know, a Cup Car at Atlanta is legitimately a thing, and it's yeah. fast and it actually is preferred. Taking care, honestly. I would say that the average iRacing oval race experience is kind of more like that. You know, it's all about taking care of the front tires and you can't just run the bottom the whole time, whatever. And it it makes great racing just like old Texas used to make great racing. It was always just like the restarts when everybody was packed up together like that. So the, the old generation car, like that thing pack raced like to the pure definition of pack racing. And that was awful. It was not Mm. fun. It was terrifying. It was very little skill required. Like the skill that was required was just how much are you willing to bully the other guy into trying to lift, which mm. at an op- you know, at, at open wheel cars at 220 is just stupid. The the DW12, once it came in, we had moments where we were all packed together with fresh tires on a restart or whatever, but it eventually sort of strung out and 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 Fontana is no exception, Texas is no exception. So getting this car back to a place where we could have those kind of races again, yeah, man. Like it's it's awesome having four lanes to choose from like the yeah. Texas you just drove. You had like a lane if you were lucky. That's one thing I'd love to try and feel when the grip changes, you know, when does that lane open up and who's the first one to go? You know, you see Kyle Larson on NASCAR and stuff and he's like yeah. the first one and he actually makes it happen and he's so quick and like, that would be so cool. I know we're going a different, the way that the cars react are a lot different to a big NASCAR, but it would be very cool. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's it certainly, I, it existed at Iowa, I guess. In in, in a sure. way, it kind of existed at Phoenix. That's a place I'd love to go to. Kind of. That that oh. place looks sick. Like that. I man. will take you to the Applebee's garbage. there if you if it's you ever garbage. go back. Applebee's. The Apple, Applebee's. Is good. Good. Was it Goodyear? Goodyear, Arizona. Good year. Good year. Yeah. Where good else? Time. I mean, where else 
James. I mean, Texas, I guess it was Texas and Iowa is really it. It was Texas and Iowa. I mean, how many lanes does Indianapolis have? One. One. Just one? I found that out. I don't know any. I don't really follow racing. (laughs) Right. I had a a big moment at the open test trying to find the other lane. (laughs) So what, were you you just trying to like offset your wing and just try to see if there's any clean air? I was just trying a bit of clean air, but then I didn't, I didn't actually get it back down. And I just was wake, wake, wake. And I'm like, oof. And that was uh, turn three, I think. Mm-hmm. And I just, I pulled straight in. I'm like, I'm bo- boys, I'm just going to have a relax here for a second and just re- <laughs> recollect everything for a bit. So I was very nervous. Yeah. No, th- th- those, will, uh, those will pop up from time to time. Oh. Those, those will get your blood pumping. Yeah, Code I'm brown. Right. Code brown. I, I imagine my first quality run, like I'm, I'm, you know, like at least my first like practice run, I'm going to be coming in and having to think about it for about two hours. Uh <laughs> See what that's, goes on. that's another thing you kind of missed like in in the arrow kit days qualifying used to be in my mind the worst thing on earth like it was awesome <laughs> it was but it's bad. So, so bad yeah yeah Why? It was be, because i mean you you actually had the option to to really trim the car out and really it was just who had the balls to trim enough and still try and be flat right and and now nowadays you, you know everyone has the same kit right and can only trim out Really, it only trims out so far. So yeah, it's not everyone's. It's kind more of, of a four wheel slide now, right? Compared to how right. it used to be, sort of driving on you, the. Red you watched James's quality run from 2016. He didn't yeah. turn left once. No, I watched <laughs> it on YouTube. I've, I've been like going through all these YouTube videos and like I, I saw, yeah, I saw that lap and uh, yeah. what was the other one that got pulled? But I was like, Scott, like Scotty had one. Scott, Scott's I think Scott's 17, 17 was was, yeah. was, was Crazy. insane, but. Really? Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. what was so cool about back then, right? It's because you had all these different downforce options and there was there was too far. Like with mm. the cars nowadays, you almost can't go too far because like you said, it turns into a four-wheel slide and now you're just scrubbing speed, mm. which over the four laps, you have too much dag and it's not actually faster, right? So you're not gonna you can't balance. get too far and be like crashy. Whereas before. Right. So yeah, so, so like Does what, that mean the threshold so- to miss the race is smaller now like you could like easily miss the race sort of thing i mean the the annoying thing about qualifying at a super speedway is like gusts of wind can be a deciding factor or like cloud cover can be a deciding factor so where you are in line actually makes a very big difference well wheel weights coming off well that doesn't that doesn't help either but is that what happened to you back in the day yeah well it was it was a the internal tire pressure sensor came undone uh on that run but yeah I wasn't so, going to mention it, but yeah, I'm, that's I'm fine. It happens. That it sort of come up. But what? No. So what was what was cool about qualifying back then, right? Is like you do all your practice runs, and you say like after your first one, you're going to come in and have a think about it. Your first one's not going to be too bad because your first one, they're going to have a nice amount of downforce on it, and you're going to kind of feel it out, and won't be too bad. Learn how to use the tools over the course of the run, whatever. And then you kind of each step, you're like, okay, all right, we'll see what this feels like. But then you'd get through all those steps, right? And then you'd get to qualifying day. And by qualifying day, you're taking the next step that you haven't tested yet because you need to go faster. And, and you don't, don't want to risk the car in practice. Right. So, so like you get yes. there on Saturday and it's 2.30 in the afternoon. And the first thing you're going to do is go flat out into turn one and just hope it sticks. And it was like, the, it was the worst. Just holding your breath for 10, for 10 miles and just praying you came out the other side. I ain't sleeping for the next probably two weeks. So thanks, boys. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, once you get to turn one, it's actually okay for the next two and a half laps, and you're like, fine. And then you start lap four, and then it all goes. You'll, yeah, you'll be watching my you'll be watching my run on, on Saturday next week, and you'll be like, all right, he's just going to think about getting through two and one, and then it's okay because that's literally the advice I'm taking into the yeah, I mean, <laughs> well. So this this is actually a funny story. So I don't know if I don't know if I've told this before, but. 
um, when I was in Indy Lights, right, I was coming down to the track every day and just watching the IndyCar practices. And I was up in the spotter stand one one day. And back in those days, they had um, they had T cars, like proper T cars. And so what a, what a lot of guys would do is they'd come out, they'd do a run in their T cars first thing in the morning and then switch, make sure everything's fine, then switch to their primary and, and work through their day. And a lot of times, and you'll you'll, you'll get to this point kind of later in the week, you will, you will start your day with a Q-SIM. And so I was standing up at the thing and it was, you know, let me start 11 o'clock back then. So 11 o'clock green flag comes out and Scott and Dario both came out. They're driving for Ganassi at the time. And Scotty comes out and he like, he pulls out of the pits, does a warm up lap. And you can tell it's a Q sim when he's flat out into turn one It's like first full lap of the day. And I remember talking to him afterwards and I was like, bro, I don't understand how you do that. Like, how do you like get in a car? The first thing you do is just hold it flat into turn one, top of sixth gear. And his advice to me, I'll never forget it. This is so Scott Dixon. He, he was like, oh, it's easy, man. You just, you know, you got to hold it flat. So you either come out the other side or you don't. Like, Jesus. <laughs> okay. That's so That's good. Enough. There, there is some like kind of truth to that, especially, especially um, when you're kind of trying to, to get your baseline for the car, right? And, and you're trying to understand like what the speed it'll do. And it's not a Q-SIM, but it's the first time you showed up to the track in a year. And they're like, well, we need to do it now just so we know what the thing's like. And you just are, you don't want to look like a, like a pussy. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So you, just, <laughs> you just do it and you don't want to like, I'll never, I think in 2017 or maybe it was 18. I was the first one to go out of, of Andretti and like first to five. And then, and you have to go out and kind of set the benchmark for, for what the cars are going to do. And, all I could think about was on the warm-up lap. Like it felt a little on the nose, and I really didn't want to do it. But then I knew literally every teammate and every engineer was on my time stand watching. So it was like, well, yeah. You know. No, I man, it's funny. Like I, I had so much like advice and like different thoughts and processes coming my way, like from a lot of people, um, and it was all good stuff. But it's like you you get to a point as a rookie, you're like you take all this information and you just completely don't understand what it's like. And then once you get out there, it's like it's like oh it's not too bad. Like it's like you get a bit more of a feel, but like right now, like never had done a qualifying session, the, the amount of emotions and you know, what is the <laughs> thing like with boost on it and you know, yeah. stuff like that, you know, you just don't know. And you definitely, I don't know what it was like for you guys when you're rookies, but you, you know, you can do it, but it's like a, it's, you've definitely got that little guy right here. Just sort of going, Hey, no man, like just be careful. You know, wait yeah. up on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort I, didn't, of, I didn't think any of you guys had that little guy. Oh, no, <laughs> it's somewhere yeah. there sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess this is kind of a question for all of you with, with the month of May and with the 500 coming up and obviously that like dominating your mental space, right? What, what are you thinking about? How do you separate that and go and do the GP? Uh, like, how do you disconnect that? Yeah. I mean, it's funny that the GP almost, almost gets a raw deal because everybody talks about the month of May, but that's not yeah. really, we're like month of May's here. Oh yeah. The GP as well. But because like, like, we I, I love the GP by the way, like, so it's, I. I think it's a great way to build up to it, you know, cause back in the day they did two full weeks of practice and then the week of qualifying and then the race. So it was the full month and the GP kind of made it the full month again. So you're still, you're still at the Indianapolis motor speedway. It's, you know, you know, the 500s around the corner. There's still a lot of excitement around the GP, I think. Hmm. I'm excited for the, I don't know what the GP's like, but I'm just excited to be there. Like I, I, I drive to Indianapolis tomorrow and um, yeah, I think it's exciting to be able to just be at the track 
but yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm full. I'm like already thinking about like 500 practice and a few things. So I've definitely a lot to think about over the next couple of weeks. Well, um, since you're driving up to Indy from Charlotte, we have mm. one question that we ask all our guests before we let you go. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be what you're going to do tomorrow, but what is the fastest you've ever driven in a road car on the highway? I'm, I'm actually, it's like not that fast. Probably in... We'll probably beat Ricky Taylor. Oh, You'd really? Definitely beat Ricky Taylor. Yeah. No, I think I'm probably 90 mile an hour. Like, honestly, 100 mile an hour. Maybe, yeah, beat yeah. Ricky Taylor. Match really? Ricky Taylor. <laughs> was, was yeah. He oh, yeah. Was he 90 no, he or 85? 85? He was 85. Yeah, I don't reckon I've gone oh. much faster <laughs> than that. I'll give you the tip. Like, I don't... Yeah, I'm too worried just about getting a speeding ticket. I'm smart. too tight to pay one. <laughs> That's fair, man. My so, my whole thing was always like my, my status in this country is very temporary, so I don't want to get pulled over for like an arrestable speed because they might just yeah. kick me out. They could do I'm that. I'm going through that right now. I think every time I'm going to – I see a cop, I'm like, oh, if he pulls me over, I'm going to be like getting kicked out yeah. of the country. So I'm going through that right now. Straight back yeah. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I get it. It's terrible Literally. feeling. Yeah. You look over like Graham Ray Hall's tipping the cop. Like, thanks. Well, hey, man, we uh, really appreciate you coming on the show, taking the time. More than that, we really appreciate you listening to the show. That's just still the more right. shocking thing of the of the whole deal. Oh, he's uh, right. Yes, you don't listen to it on an <laughs> Apple Watch by any chance, do you? <laughs> uh, don't listen to it on Apple Watch. No, okay. no I've got we my, still got to find AirPods. who that person is. Yeah, an but, Apple Watch. Uh, that's that's aggressive. Very yeah, it really is. Weird. We don't understand how it works. There's like a single <laughs> digit percentage of our listeners that listen. You'd have to Apple say it's, a, and... it's an obnoxious thing to do. Like if you're in a restaurant, <laughs> you have it on. That's a bit weird, but anyway, good on them. Or her. <laughs> sit, sit on the subway just like this, you know, so your hands you're close to your ears. You just like listen to it on, like, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> on the plane, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, thanks, safe... boys. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Look forward safe to seeing you this week. Safe drive to Indy and uh, safe driving at Indy. We'll see you at the track, bud. Yes, sir. Thanks, boys. Right, man. Take care. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Finn. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.